0: We're here to inspire, inform, and connect entrepreneurs and high achievers. Welcome to Results Radio with the number one results coach in the country, Sean Shuchuk. Sean is as focused on your results as you are. Visit our website at www.yourresultsradio.com and take advantage of the free tips and gifts. Plus, get your copy of the best-selling Results Journal, developed by the number one results coach in the country. With you in mind, it is the most powerful achievement tool used by high achievers today. Here is the host of Results Radio, Sean Shuchuk. Hey,
1: everybody. This is Sean Shuchuk, and you're listening to Results Radio. Every time we do one of these incredible shows, we bring even more incredible people on. We hear stories, and we help you succeed. I received a phone call the other day, and a gentleman told me, he said, Sean, can you help me my business? And I said, I don't know. Are you willing to do whatever it takes to get there? And he hesitated. If you want to succeed in life, in business, career, and relationships, you can't hesitate. You have to jump. If you haven't yet been to our website at yourresultsradio.com, go there. Get yourself a copy of the results journal. It was designed with you in mind to help you achieve more and to do it in less time. I have a question for you. Do you believe that sales is important to your business? Because if you do, I've got something really cool coming up for you right away. See, I believe this. Every business, every company is a sales organization. If you aren't selling, you aren't in business or you won't be for long. So today we have a very special guest, a great friend of mine, Uh, she's crazy. This girl is right off the hook. She does things that no one else does. She does it in a way that causes people to not just do a second look or a double take, but she makes them sit up, pay attention, and engage. And that's really what it's all about. It's about being disruptive. We talk about marketing. We talk about sales. We talk about we all have to do this, but you got to change the way you do things if you're going to succeed. So my guest today is the always incredible, the always crazy, the always off the hook, Melissa Karabatic. How are you?
2: I am doing awesome, Sean. How are you?
1: I'm incredible. Thank you for asking. Sure, uh,
2: well, thank question. you for having me. Yeah, I'm go ahead.
1: It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. I'm glad you're here because we're going to have some fun over the next few minutes. Tell me, w- what do you do? I know it's in sales, but share. Give, give the results. Listen, the results, uh, Change Results community, there's thousands and thousands of people that are listening to us right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, every single one of them, for the most part, is in business. So they need to be selling. So tell me, what it's, what's the deal with sales?
2: Well, I am obsessed with sales, unlike the majority of people. I love it. I live breathe, eat, sleep sales, it's like just part of my daily habits and routines, and so for the last 22 years I've been in sales, and the last uh, eight I've been running a successful business that's done very well, and we focus on coming into organizations and uh, sending secret sales spies inside of them to sit with your sales teams so that they can figure out the scripts, the systems, and the scalability of your sales teams and how productive they actually are and what money you're missing on your bottom line. And then what we do is we will actually take over the sales for you on a commission basis with a one-time upfront fee. So um, we've disrupted the sales industry in that particular way, but um, everyone should be focused on how they can increase their bottom line while serving the highest quality clients that they could possibly get in the door um, and be happy doing it.
1: Do you think that there is, a, as a rule, a general lack of knowledge or desire to sell and or learn to improve the ability of sales in the entrepreneurial world?
2: So sales is a tough thing for a lot of people because they lack the confidence. So at the end of the day, they don't understand why they are incompetent at sales. Is it a lack of knowledge? Probably not. It's the lack of knowing what to do in what order and how to scale that as quickly um, and as fun as possible. So we make sales sound like it's the worst thing in the world. And it's, it's been going on for years. There are only a few of us that are crazy enough to really be obsessed with and enjoy sales. And the rest of the people are just, um, showing up at the job, banging the phones and hoping to get a paycheck at the end of the week.
1: So are you suggesting then perhaps that a paycheck is not important?
2: I'm suggesting that money is obviously important, but because it's important, you first have to understand what it means. So that begs the question: What is money?
1: Well, let me turn that back around to you. What is money? <laughs> you're you're so, you're the expert in this.
2: Yeah. So money in it is an idea backed by confidence. So when I go out, if I'm sharing with you, Sean, my idea, because I'm so confident in my idea, should I ask for your money in return for my idea? and my um, ability to convey that and my confidence to you, that is what's important about money. So a lot of people don't even understand the concept of money. They say, I need to have more money or I need to make more money. There's a difference between have and make, right? So um, make, there's only two people that make money, the government and the counterfeiters. Uh, We have more money, you have to convey confidence. But a a lot of people um, aren't grown up and taught about confidence, knowledge, or money. So that's the that's the very first place that sales starts.
1: A lot of us have been taught to believe that money is a bad thing. What do you say?
2: No, absolutely not. Money is amazing. And for those people that think that money is the root of all evil, money doesn't grow on trees, and all the other 10 million analogies they could use about money, uh, almost all of those are false.
1: But there's this, there's this prevailing thought, especially if we were raised... Um, within a religious community, with a religious background, etc., that money is inherently a bad thing. Um, You're suggesting that's not, in fact, the case.
2: No, it's not the case. In fact, a lot of us believe that because we don't have money, because we don't even know what money means, and we don't know what it stands for, what it can buy, and money can buy happiness. Because at the end of the day, if you bring home a paycheck, right, and you've been saving up, to get your Rolex or your Rolls Royce or even a Mercedes, right? It's like that exciting moment that you're like, yes, money bought you happiness because the money paid for the thing that you wanted. That's called happiness.
1: Very interesting. Uh, I always say this. It's not about money. It's what money can do for you. At the end of the day, you know, you're right. Money is conf- uh, an idea backed by confidence. But the, the idea behind it is no one really cares about the dollar bills. Or the hundred dollar bills, they care about what money can do for them. Whether it's buying that Mercedes Benz or whether it's buying a house or looking whatever you know with a view or whatever that is, that's really the purpose of it. So in, in, and I share this with people when I speak from stage. Money's meant to be a flow through. It's energy. It's not meant to stop at you. So I, I love how you put that. And money, uh, you know, uh, I think it was uh, Zig Ziglar that said it's uh, it ranks right up there with oxygen.
2: Yep. He did say that.
1: Uh, Yeah. So uh, tell me something. Do you teach people to sell to, or do you just do sales for folks?
2: Both. So we only take on nine clients per year, which means that in the story that you shared in the beginning of this episode, uh, you got to go all in or not in at all, because we only do nine per year, and that's it. That's the cutoff. Um, And so the reason that we do that is because we are a boutique agency. We do not um, run a call center. And so we have to understand everything that's related to sales. And that's how companies grow and that's how organizations succeed and that's how sales increase um, and bottom lines multiply. At the end of the day, this isn't so much about like – how much money can you bring in? It's about who can you serve and, and how can you serve them? And are you actually reaching your potential customers um, that need you the most? Or are you just taking customers on to entertain customers because you have um, bodies that need jobs?
1: You've used the word service more than once already mm-hmm. in, this, in this conversation. Um, why is service so important and why have you raised it a couple of times, maybe even three times since we started chatting?
2: So service isn't just, all right, so let's take Walt Disney, right, for example. Um, When you go to Walt Disney, you get served, right? And so people save for multiple years just to take their family to Walt Disney, And, and Walt Disney is a memorable brand. That's the kind of thing that you want your company to be, so service is equivalent to the amount of money that you're going to bring in and the growth that your company can expand upon because of that. So if you have people that are just dead weights in your organization, it's not going to help you um, serve anyone, much less leave a legacy. It's it's the equivalent of this analogy. Like you can run faster with 100 people who are running with you versus one person you're dragging on your back.
1: What do you say to people that say, Melissa, I don't want to be salesy?
2: Then don't be salesy. I'm not salesy. <laughs> I mean, look, sales is a concept that has a negative connotation and that's fine, but sales is an opportunity for you to provide somebody something that you have, they need that can increase um, not only the happiness, but the value in their own life. It could be something they've saved up for. It could be something that they just decided on a whim to buy it's not a negative thing. Um, if it was, I really, the world wouldn't exist because from the very beginning we've sold our ideas. Um, and that's really how money was created. Somebody came up with the idea backed it by confidence, got a whole bunch of other people to buy in. And then we started trading this, this money for other things and the barter system eventually went away. And so, uh, it wasn't about, uh, the sale in the very beginning, but that's exactly what happened. We took these ideas, we spread them um, and that's how we created like you know the five men that built America and other really powerful, successful um, entrepreneurs.
1: Why do you think people shy away from the idea of not just selling their product or service um, but from even learning how to become? Proficient, you know, it's been said many, many times, and I think uh, the strangest secret by Earl Nightingale from the late 50s uh, he said that, you know, the most lucrative profession in the world today is sales, and he was right. So tell me, why do you think people shy away from that?
2: Because they don't know how to do it properly. All it is is a conversation where you're asking for something at the end, but the problem is we've been born and we've grown up to think that it's not proper for us to ask for what we want. So at some point throughout our, I would say, maybe the nine to 13 year old stage, we decide like we can't ask for what we want because we know that we're going to be told no by our parents. Mm -hmm. And so instead of asking, we just say like, it's already a no, so I'm not even going to bother asking um, because I know mom and dad can't afford it or I know I won't be able to go there. I know I'm not old enough to get that job or whatever the case is. And so we suppress these needs, um, or desires, so to speak, and they grow with us into our adult life. And so psychologically, um, and even physiologically, we have to look at that and say what is keeping us from actually asking and when is it, and is it not an appropriate time to ask? And it's never not an inappropriate time to ask unless it's a funeral.
1: Right. What do, you say, what do you say when people have an issue asking for money? They can, they can go, they can meet someone, they can network, they can pick up the phone, but when it comes down to what we, you know, what we call our so-called close, when they have to ask for that, that sale and they have to ask for the credit card and that's where the problem begins for them, what, what do you say to those people?
2: You know, you have to ask for it. If you don't ask for it, you're never going to get it, and therefore you're not going to become successful. At the end of the day, if you want to make money, if you want to build a company, if you want to succeed in life, you must ask for the credit card, Uh, ask for the money order, ask for the bank transfer, ask for the wire transfer, ask for whatever. But under all circumstances, if it's a perfect fit, if you know you can help them, and if you feel that you can deliver upon what you promised, then ask for the card because they're going to say yes. I mean, they feel the same way. They're just waiting for you to say, can I have your credit card?
1: Do you think it has anything to do, we're going to take a break here in just a minute, but do you think it has anything to do with the mindset or a scarcity mentality uh, based about how they think about money?
2: Yes, 100%.
1: Awesome. My guest today is Melissa Kravetschek. She and I are chatting an incredible conversation. We're talking about sales, and it's now gone to money. We're going to take a break. Stay with us. We'll be right back in just a moment. What would being a best-selling author do for you and your business? Massive credibility, your brand launchpad, celebrity. Over two-thirds of Americans want to write a book. Get yours published now and distribute it around the world. More exposure means more prospects. More prospects means more clients. Even better, you don't have to do it all alone. You've got the leading publishing and marketing team doing it with you. At Results Press, it's easier than you dreamed. Visit us today at theresultspress.com.
2: You and I know you're ready for more, for the freedom that you were promised when you decided to become an entrepreneur. Sean Shuchuk is the number one results coach in the country, and he wants to work with you, but only if you want to achieve real and lasting results. If you want five times or 10 times your income, and to do it fast, if you want that six or seven-figure income, visit ChangeYourResults.com now. Send Sean a message and say, I want real freedom. I want to invest in myself and work with you.
1: Welcome back to Results Radio. I am your host, Sean Chuchuk, and as always, we have an incredible guest today. We're talking about sales, and we're talking, and then recently, more recently about money. Melissa, welcome back. Tell me something. You, you shared with us earlier that you help people when it comes to sales, and not mm-hmm. just to close sales for, for them, but also, or for their companies, but also to teach people how to sell, um, is coaching an important component of being successful in the sales space? Yes, do we need to be coached?
2: <laughs> Every single one of us should have a coach or a mentor, no matter how successful you get and The more successful you get, the more you should surround yourself and or hire people that are more successful than you
1: what if i 'm just starting out um, i 've left my traditional j o b and i 've decided i 'm going to become an entrepreneur. And Mm -hmm. I've heard that, you know, um, being an entrepreneur can be very uh, beneficial from a um, a money standpoint. I've also um, been told that being an entrepreneur gives me control of my time and I don't have to work as much and I can take all the time off that I want to, etc. How does that play into the whole process of I have to have business and sell? Give me your thoughts. You're an entrepreneur as well.
2: Okay, so the first thing that you need to understand is what is it exactly that you are offering? Are you offering a service or are you offering a product? And then you've got to pin it down to what's the price point. But more importantly, you have to figure out how you're going to become successful at that. So the first thing that I tell people isn't the traditional go hire a coach to figure it out. It's actually go hire somebody to do your laundry, to clean your dishes, or to clean your house, and then you've freed up enough time and you're paying very little, like 20 to $40 a week, maybe $100 a week, right? So we can all afford that job or not. Uh, and then we have extra hours, and those hours can be spent figuring out who the right clientele is to bring in the door and who um, the right person is to uh, make an offer to. Once we have additional cash flow to the business, then we can go ahead and hire a coach or a professional to bring in to help us. And at the end of the day, all of these components are important. So you want to outsource as much as possible, but you don't want to bring on um, the launderer, the driver, the um, dishwasher, the chef or whatever, all at the same time. Hire out one small task and then build from there, then hire the coach and then continue to build and outsource. Uh, but don't say I don't have money or I don't have time because those two excuses are completely irrelevant.
1: Even if I'm just starting out.
2: Yeah. I mean, when I first, first started out, I spent three and a half years, um, with my parents. So even though I didn't pay to have it outsourced, um, my parents were there to, to make me food and to make sure like everything was good. And so Uh, Yeah, I mean, I guess my parents were the the people that I use as outsourcers, so to speak, but we all need those people in our life. And I would say no matter what, we can figure out how to afford those or we just simply are not cut out to be an entrepreneur.
1: Do you think in sales, Melissa, when you're selling or maybe you're the the purchaser, um, do you think that it's more important or it's important for them to make a decision they want something before you entertain the conversation of money? Like the decision has to be made, money becomes secondary once it's made?
2: I think you should know whether the person is a fit or not. So let's just say you're, you're shopping for a car or an engagement ring or something like that. The decision has already been made that you're going to walk away with a purchase. What that purchase is going to be, a 5000 or a 50000 or even $500,000 sale, is dependent upon how good the salesperson is. So you want to be as skilled as possible when it comes to sales.
1: Thank you. So now, the question I've been waiting to ask you since we began the show, <laughs> how do you become disruptive? You're good at it. You and I have talked about this prior to going on air. How do you become disruptive? How do you shift and change? How is it not just the normal humdrum of what we've all been taught, and maybe even the, you know, you, taught, you talked earlier about the negative stigma that's attached to the word sales. I always say it's, um, sales is not a dirty word. It's something you do with somebody, not to them. Um, and the challenge with sales is we have this uh, misconception that a salesperson is this polyester suit wearing used car salesman that's going to try and shove something where the mm. sun don't shine. So, uh, how do we become disruptive? How do we shed the coat of that, that misconception that is very prevalent today, especially in the Westernized world?
2: Just be you. I think that's the thing that most people are missing. You just have to be you. If you come with an attitude, if you come with an ego, if you come with a, you know, a sharpness about you, just be you. But while you're being you, make sure that you understand how much better you could be if you tweaked little things. So for example, I've been in business uh, almost eight years. And as a result of that, I've increased my my brand capacity by recently doing a four thousand dollar photo shoot. Uh, I hired a branding um, person to tell me exactly what colors to wear to make it pop. I I went out and hired a agency to do the web design. But uh, when I first got started, I was just I just showed up as who I was, and I you know I swore I wasn't the most professional person. But at the end of the day, because I was who I am, and I showed up with the that consistently across the board, be it on stage, in person, on the radio, or, um, just having people over to dinner at my house, people knew that they could trust me. People wanted to do business with me. And it built this incredible, um, relationship with people who are considered to be untouchable. So when I was like really, really broke, um, I actually used social media to connect with, uh, millionaires. And, and I wrote a book called millionaires and money, sex sales and seduction. And the reason I named it that was because people don't talk about money and they don't talk about sex and they certainly don't want to talk about being a millionaire. So, uh, you, you know, I named my first book, Uh,
1: I'm happy to talk to, to ain't all of them if you want to.
2: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh, Well, we don't have to touch on all of them, but yeah. So, I mean, um, I hired a coach. He was my first coach ever. His name was Matt he's out of Chicago. He told me, Melissa, do not name your book, be Balvi. I said, you're fired. <laughs> and that was <laughs> it. <laughs> five months later, that thing hit the international bestseller list. And to this day, I now have written eight books in three years with five international bestsellers and tons of accolades um, to back it. But you have to know that no matter who tells, you no, who stands in your way or who doesn't believe in you as much as you believe in yourself, that that confidence that you, you know, um, pursue to like say, yes, I'm I'm totally open to talking about being a millionaire and, and sex sales and seduction and the correlation between the two. And that's it. And and I had to know when I put that on the book cover, there wasn't a single day that I wasn't going to be asked about it. There wasn't a show that wasn't going to say like, why would you name a book that? Uh, and that's being disruptive. It's, it's what Uber did. It's what Airbnb has done. It's what every industry that's gotten uh, the attention of major investors, major players and um, really powerful people have done.
1: There are thousands of listeners right now listening to our conversation. Some of them are part of the a, a change results community, our community, some of them are not yet. Um, they all are listening and hanging on to your every word because every single one of them needs what you are talking about, what we're discussing here today. If you could leave those entrepreneurs with one nugget that they can go out and implement the moment this show is over, what would it be?
2: You know, you just have to believe in yourself more than anybody. Um, So you have to figure out what tasks what clothes, what food, what, whatever makes you walk outside and say like, I fucking own this. And I don't even know if I'm allowed to swear on the show, but uh, <laughs> however, like that kind of confidence is like, so let's use this, right? Uh, Sean, someone shows up to a date with you in red. What do you remember? You remember the girl in red. You don't remember every other color of the rainbow. You don't even care because red is what stuck out. Right. That's a fact. So psychologically, women go wear red on the first date. Um, But the same is true in business. The president of the United States wears a red tie. Why? Because it sticks out. You have to figure out the thing that makes you stand in power and gives you confidence to ask for the sale, confidence to get what you want, confidence to um, be who you are and feel good about it.
1: Without going political at all, he doesn't need to wear a red tie to stand out. That being, yes. said,
2: <laughs> that <laughs> But being every said, president it, does that. so It's true.
1: It, it's true. Now, uh, <laughs> this is important. There are people that are going to want to know more about you. They're going to want to know how they can get a hold of you or find that information about you. How do they do that?
2: Uh, you can go to millionairesandmoney.com and listen to my show, The Millionaire's Hot Seat. Or you can go to com and find everything you ever wanted to know about sales.
1: Thank you very much for being on the show, Melissa. It has been an honor and a pleasure, and I'm grateful you took the time to share with us. My name is Sean Shuchak. I am your host. You need to go to our website at yourresultsradio.com. Get yourself a copy of the results journal. It will change your life. It will change your business, and it will change your results. We'll see you on the next show. Have an incredible day, everybody.
0: Thank you for joining us today on Results Radio. Every show, we bring you the very best guests that share with you their experiences and expertise. Do whatever you have to do to join us for our next show and visit us today at yourresultsradio.com. While you're there, get your copy of the Results Journal.